Hallelujah. Let's give that unto the Lord this morning. We give you praise. We give you praise. Beautiful, beautiful presence of our Lord here today. Ministering and working on our behalf. Oh, I love you, Lord. (laughs) Man, he don't know any limitations. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. We'll let our classes go back. And uh, man, what a beautiful, beautiful atmosphere and the presence of the Lord that's with us this morning. So good to see each one of you here today to worship the Lord and to magnify his name and to allow, to allow him to work on our behalf. And man, so good to have Brother Randy and Sister Debbie back. God bless their hearts. Amen. Appreciate them so much. And that journey, hallelujah, God's brought them through. Amen. And, and, uh, but God's been faithful to them. And amen, the devil's done everything he could to hinder and uh, dis- discourage. But he hadn't been successful, as you can tell today. Amen. He's not going to be successful. You know, it's, he can only devour them that will let him. Amen. You make up in your mind and heart and spirit that I'm not going to let him. I'm going to trust God and trust his word. Sandra, it's an honor ours to have you with us today. God bless you. Appreciate you coming, being in this service with us this morning. We're believing today can be a turning point for you. We're going to believe that. Trust God. We just give it to the Lord. and God can help us. Sandra, God's, uh, I'm a witness. All of these are here as witness. We've all found ourselves in places at one time or another, and man, sometimes of our own doings. And uh, you know what? With the mercy and grace of God, we come in and rescue us and pull us out. And that's not, I'm talking about even after getting the Holy Ghost, there's been some times. <laughs> Amen. So that just shows you how good, how, how merciful He is. Colleen's good to see you back. You just keep coming. You don't give up. This is the best thing going. Don't listen to no lying devils. I don't care if they're two-legged and got flesh on them. You don't listen to them. This is the best thing going. Well, preacher, you are not. I don't want to hear that junk. I'm tired of hearing that. This is truth. This is the right foundation. There is no other name. There is no other gospel. This will deliver you. And he don't do a halfway job about it. He can set us free. We're on a journey, folks. You talk about being set free. In that moment of twinkling eye, when we meet him in the clouds, we're really going to understand liberty and freedom. But until then, we got to contend with all this. But thank God there's a kingdom inside of us called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's alive and well. And if we'll just obey it, humble ourselves to it, and walk therein, we're going to win the race and the battle. Praise God. So love you this morning. Appreciate you. Got a beautiful lesson. Powerful lesson. Lot more than what we can actually deliver in, in a, an hour, and uh, by, by far, when you begin to talk about the Ten Commandments, and that's what they are, they was commandments, and um, to be fulfilled, and to be observed, and to be obeyed, and, and to be loved, I believe plays a very important role, is, is to love those commandments. And uh, to love the outcome of those. Because when you, when you start getting a revelation of the commandments, when you get a real revelation of the Word of God, the benefits of it. More importantly today, <clears throat> and I've just realized this more this morning, man, 
because our lesson talks about it to a certain degree, or at least it mentions protection. Amen. What do we need protected? Maybe, maybe we're arriving to a place more importantly than even our physical body. What do we need protected? There is as much, if not a more, of a warfare going on over mental conditions. And there's, and I'm not against this. I'm not, I'm just saying, when people commit hideous crimes and things of that nature, they, they want to question them. They want to find out what caused you to do this. What, 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 you know. And there's some even will make the statement that God told me to do this. But God's not a murderer. The devil's a murderer. And uh, so the mind, the mind, protection of the mind. And so I realize that, that helmet of salvation, hope of salvation. Salvation simply means deliverance. How many is looking to be delivered out of this world? Literally, we're going to be delivered. We're going to be taken out, regardless if we're in the grave or if we're walking upon this. We're going to be delivered. We're going to be set out. And so God gives us demonstrations of this power in our own personal lives. As we take heed the word of God. As we first of all believe there is a God. And we believe that he's a warder, that he's a blesser of those that, reward of those that diligently seek him. And so, you know, we need to seek God. Something else has been on my mind lately, and I've halfway mentioned it a time or two. A lot of people, you know, go to a lot of places, and rightly so. I'm not against it. Please don't take this statement wrong. Amen. But, but we're willing to go to great lengths a lot of times, wait for a long times in, in, in uh, you know, when we had to wait out in the, uh, the room to wait to, to, for doctors or lawyers or whoever it might be, a counselor. Amen. And, and hardly ever can you get an appointment with any of these prof- professionals. Amen. That you pay big money that you can just walk in and, you know, off the streets and you just walk in any time. And just in the next 30 seconds, they're going to tend to you. And next 60 seconds going to solve your problems. And you're going to walk out. And it, it didn't bother you a bit to give them $1,000 because they solved your problem. But, but we're living in a world that has a mentality. That's the way God ought to do it. And that's about how much time we ought to give God. And expect him to do it. He can because he's God. Okay. But how often? I just wonder how many more miracles and wonders and signs that we'd see if we'd be as consistent and faithful as we are to the material things that's offered to us upon this world. I'm not against them. I'm not even preaching against them. I'm just simply telling you if we use the same method, the same approach. Amen. Uh, how often do you take your medicine? As often as your doctor prescribes it for you to take it, it's on the bottle. Whatever it might be, blood pressure, whatever. It's on, so most times it's on the bottle. Every four hours, every 12 hours, once a day, or in the morning time, after you eat. And you follow that to the T because you want the best of benefits. If you don't, then don't go to the doctor. Don't waste your money. Don't get the medicine. So all this works basically the same way. Word of God, God. And so... Uh, if, if, if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to seek Him. And if, if, if I know, especially if I know if the enemy is attacking me, and I know it's not the will of God, I'm going to seek Him in the morning time. I'm going to seek Him in the noon time. I'm going to seek Him in the evening time. I'm not going to go weary in seeking Him because I know where my answer is at. So I'm going to use the same method. I mean, I'm not going to go weary in coming and asking Him. And, and besides, who knows, amen, that because of that, that I'm doing as well as I'm doing. 
If I wasn't doing that, amen, I'd already be in, in a condition or situation far worse than what I am. But because we're faithful, amen, faithful, amen. <laughs> uh, the, what's the Bible say about the little foxes? Destroy the vine. Well, the little foxes can destroy it. What about the little prayers? What can they do? Have you ever considered flopping some of that stuff? Why do we give so much credit to the enemy, so much credit to darkness, and so much credit to all that, and not to God? To work in the same form and method and power. Amen. Now, we want the miraculous, and we're looking for it, and it's happening, folks. God's working. Man, I'm telling you, God's working. So good to see everybody. Brother Corey, it's good to see you. All working. God bless your heart. Good to see you. Appreciate you. Amen. God's been good to us. The Ten Commandments. Focus first is found in Romans 16 and 26. But now it's made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Watch this. The only reason the law worked, the commandments worked, the only reason the ark worked is because of obedience and because of faith. How do you know if you got faith? It's because you obey it. How do we know that Noah heard God even though it never rained? Noah believed him. God said it and that sobbed it. It don't matter if it's not ever, ever done it before. What prompt a, a, a lady was battling with the issue of blood for 12 years and spent all she had? But all of a sudden she heard of one called Jesus. What prompt her that she had never read about it, she never heard about it. But if I could just touch the kim of his garment, I'll be made whole. And I believe the God of heaven said, in the moment you do it, that's exactly what's going to happen. And so this, this is out faith, faith. And so the commandments are only good if you have faith in them. And the only way they work is by faith. That's the reason the first 4,000 years, the acts of faith from Abraham and all of them, the law, the giving of the law of Moses. And we've got a lot to cover, and I'm going to do my best, man, with this. Amen. The Ten Commandments alone, if we could take each one of them and separate them and talk about them and, 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 and the effect they still have for us. I've heard people say, well, the Old Testament's done away with it. If that be the case, you're going to throw the Ten Commandments away? Oh, no. Well, how are you going to throw the Old Testament away? You got it in the Old Testament. <laughs> you don't throw the Old Testament away. Jesus Christ came and fulfilled the Old Testament. What he fulfilled, we don't have to, we're not obligated, responsible to. But guess what? Amen. That's the Ten Commandments. We're still responsible to them, obligated to them, and seeing them fulfilled in our lives and walking in the power and the demonstration of them. And we know the first two is very important. How it's, it's going to unfold. You just watch this. God, truth about God. God loves us enough to create safeguards for our good. Safeguards. Always remember that. The word of God. Where he's called us out. Where he's separated. It's a safeguard. God knows what's best for us. He knows the places that we need to go to. And he knows the places we don't need to go to. <laughs> Things that we don't need to get involved in. Things that we don't need to associate if somebody, you know, come by your house and you got a couple of, I'm going to call them good friends. Maybe they're good friends. Call them friends that you put your trust in them. They tell you, you know, I mean, you know, they live on the shady side. So you, you but you know, they're your friends. And so, but they tell you, hey, look, we're going to go down to Central Bank and rob it. You want to ride along? I mean, you don't have to do nothing. Just ride in the back seat and just ride along with us. 
<laughs> yeah, y'all looking at me like, man, he's lost. I just wonder how many is riding along for the ride with the devil. And by association, you're not going to just get out when you want to. You know what? The chances are good. Once they got you in the car, they're not going to stop. They're going to go all the way to the bank because, you know, their whole idea was we want this guy with us. And so the only way you're going to be able to get out is to bail out at them doing 70, 80 miles an hour down the road. Which the, the, the outcome of that may not be as good as you just stay with the ride and take the consequences with that. Man, I don't know why I'm saying this. I've never even thought of that in my life, but here I am. <laughs> Who are you riding with? Who are you associating with? Who are you hooking up with? Paul warned us at the point to even be careful shaking a man's hand in agreement with him. What time this nation was founded upon a man's word and a handshake. Thousands and hundreds of dollars of transactions that took place by that because they was committed to it. Once they shook that hand, amen, it was a done deal. Hmm. And so as we watch this unfold here today, the power, amen. And um, I'm not going to go back and read the lessons of the first part, the lesson connection, the latter part. Just for time's sake, we're going to let you go back and read that and take care of that if you don't mind. Two versions of the Ten Commandments. <clears throat> And uh, we, we see here, you know, actually, Virgin's actually translations and uh, the outcome, the account, what it's what is, was focusing on and pinpointing on. And uh, the writer's going to start out talking about, no doubt, the Sabbath day, and we're going to talk about that some. But we know that the commandments was given to us twice in the Old Testament, the first time in Exodus 21 through 17, then in Deuteronomy 5, 5 through 22. And uh, we know the word Deuteronomy. Most of us knows it, that this is the, uh, the final letter that the author of it, Moses, he's writing this. Remember, Moses done got the word from God that he's going to die. You're not going into the promised land. I'm going to take you up on the mountain. You're going you're to die. You're not going with them. So you're going to have this chance to write unto them to put inside of Joshua and put inside uh, the other elders and the followers. Amen. Of how they need to conduct themselves and handle themselves when they get into the promised land. And so that's what this is reading. It's called the second law. Amen. Because Moses takes the time in Deuteronomy to recover everything that you read about in Genesis, especially in Leviticus and Numbers and these accounts that done took place. And so under this second law, we get the second writing of the commandments. Amen. In that fifth chapter. And so in, in more, and he elaborates on it a little further and goes a little deeper and what it's connected to, even as he talks about the Sabbath day. Amen. About the Sabbath day itself, one of the laws. So we're going to notice as the writer brings it to our attention. And we realize that the first four deals with our companionship and relationship with God himself. The last six deals with our neighbor. Now, we, we got a good understanding who's our neighbor. It's not just the guy across the street. It's not just the guy across the yard. Amen. But it's whosoever. Amen. It's whoever we come in contact with. It's whoever you meet on the streets and wherever they're at. It don't make any difference. We, we understand that. We know by the instructions of Jesus Christ later on. It helps us to get a, a, a good understanding that to, when you see someone in need and you have the resource and the ability to help them. Amen. And that, that, that can blossom into a lot of areas, a lot of directions. And, and so I 
I don't have the time to go into all those type of details. But we do know, amen, that one of the best ways that you and I can show as followers of Jesus Christ and examples of Jesus Christ, Paul talks about it. That's in our giving, even in the monetary things that we give. Amen. And James even talks about it. We see how a brother or sister comes and knocks on our door that's naked and destitute and in trouble. Amen. And we got the goods and we don't take the time. We just say, well, we're going to pray over it. God bless you. Be warm. Be filled. And shut the door. Well, we didn't do anything. Not when we had the, the answers or the resources in our home that we could went in there and got the bread and we could got the clothing and clothe them and, 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 and help them along this journey. That's, that's taking, you know, letting, letting that love become a deed, not just words. Amen. Sometimes that love, amen, takes deeds. And I'm going to tie this together. That's the same way Jesus come along and said, if you love me, you got to keep my commandments and so our actions our conduct our countenance our conversations what we get involved in the places we we go amen all of this demonstrates whose disciples we are who we're following who's the master of our lives who we want to by association who we want to be connected to uh please don't take this any offense and if it's offends you i don't i'm not intending to do that but just let me use for an example amen if all of a sudden amen if i come riding up and i got black leather on and i i've got you know, a billfold hanging out and a chain hanging on it. And I ride up on a Harley and I rattle these windows when I ride in here. Hey man, and, and you know, a few other little items on me. And I walk up in here, you're going to associate me as a pastor and a Christian or just who you're going to associate me with. Before you ever talk to me, before you ever, and I know that's, that's dangerous. I'm a little playing a little dangerous ground there. Hey man, but I'm telling you, Christianity shows up on the outside as well as on the inside. But I'm going to tell you something, Christianity can cover itself up on the outside, but be as dark and then as a black of A's, amen, amen, in the heart. And so it's really holiness and godliness starts in the heart. If you get the heart right. I fix to tell you something. Brother Ford, you know, with his leg. And it shocked. Some of you saw his leg. It shocked. You don't even know how he's walking on it. Got a place about this big around on it. It looks like it's eat out. No, maybe I'll not be saying all this. But anyway, finally this process. And uh, this past week, we finally, you know, they finally got lined up with a doctor. Uh, a man, a specialist down here in Mobile and took him. Uh, that's a couple of weeks ago, I think, when that happened. Anyway, he's kind of took over. And he's told him he's taking over. But, but anyway, said, uh, we're going to take him down. He said, here's the problem. He said, they've been healing the outside and not the inside. And the outside will never stay healed until you get the inside healed. The outside can heal up, but it won't last. But baby, if you ever get your heart right, if you ever get your mind right, if you ever get your spirit right, everything else will line up. And it won't only just line up, it'll stay there. When the outside starts messing up, that means the inside started wavering somewhere. So all this is very important. Why? Watch this. Because this is protection of the commandments. I promise you, every commandment that God gave us was to protect us, not to destroy us. Not just to be a ruler, a dictator. Not just to be mean. But every commandment that God gave us was for a purpose, a reason. And we're going to be the ones that's going to benefit, both in this life and in that one to come. Because he's the only one with eternal words. To whom? To who else are you going to go to? But to Jesus. And so... We watch some of this really begin to unfold and what's really going to take place here. And uh, so one of the first things, uh, uh, we know the first and most important commandment was to love the Lord our God with all the heart, the soul, mind, and strength. So I'm just going to use the scriptures for just a little while. I think it would be probably the best thing for me to do. Amen. When you go to 
Exodus 20th chapter, you're going to read there, and God spake these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. He's telling the Israelites what I've done for you. I brought you out of the land of Egypt. I brought you out of the house of bondage. Anybody glad you've been delivered from bondage? Amen. Thank God. There's, there's life. This life can, can, can trap us and snare us. I am the Lord thy God. Amen. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images or any likeness of anything that is in the heavens above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the waters under the earth. Why is that so important? Who is the image of God? You ought to remember Wednesday night. Who's the image of God? Who displays manifested God to the very best upon this earth? Who done it? Jesus. And so right out of the gates, God says, you can't make your own image. You can't make a God. You can't make one like unto me. That's my place. Abraham, the father of saved, told Isaac, said, God will provide himself. An image of how powerful, how lovable, how real this God really is. So you can't get one. You can't get one out of the sky. You can't get one off of this earth. You can't get one out of beneath, out of the waters. <laughs> you can't worship the sun, the moon, the stars. I created all that. And so here's what happens. This is what you and I have got to watch. Amen. To always keep the creator first. He's our God. He's our creator. Amen. We're going to bow to no other. We're not going to submit to no other. In fact, the scripture makes it very plain that every knee is going to bow to Jesus Christ. And every tongue is going to confess. I'd much rather do it now than later. Out of the wilderness of my heart. <laughs> I don't want to be forced to do it. I'd rather out of the wilderness of my heart, my mind and spirit, my Lord and my Savior. Thomas, now I know, hallelujah, but Jesus said, but those that never seen me, but yet love me and have faith in me. Hallelujah, how awesome, how great those disciples are going to be. No, I've never seen Jesus, but I know he's alive and well this morning. He's done operated too many times. He's done delivered too many times. I done seen the benefits, amen, of keeping his commandments. He's kept me out of a lot of junk. He's kept me out of a lot of darkness. I'd have done been ate up. I'd have done been destroyed. I'd have done been caught up in this loss or caught up in that. It wasn't by powers. It wasn't by my might. It was nothing but the protection of God and obedience unto the word of God that made the causes to happen in my life. It's not that we're big and mighty. No, sir. No, ma'am. I tell you, it's the goodness of God. It's the grace of God. It's the mercy of God. It's the greatness of who he is working on our behalf. So as we watch this, I shall not bow down thyself to them nor serve them for the Lord thy God is a, why? He's a jealous God. Now, now what's this jealousy? It's not the type of jealousy of envy or strife, jealousy over others of what they got and things of that nature. Jealousy, in the place that right, the scripture talks that jealousy is cruel as a grave. Huh. But you know what? The commandment covers that one because it taught us not to covet. You ain't got no business covering nothing or nobody's. Their land, their house, their wife, the men servants, women servants. Can I go in the New Testament? You ain't got no business covering their talents, their skills, their callings. I can go a few more, but God's got a place for me. I want to find that place. I want to find that place in the body. I want to find great contentment and satisfaction there. Rejoicing with the others. Brother Ford mentioned about suffering. 
other members of the body, but also we get to what with the other members of the body? Rejoice. Rejoice. It's a combination. Praise God. So he's a jealous God. Man, he's not going to share his glory. No other. He's not going to let others take it. That's the reason I think it's very important, even you and I. I mean, especially if we have a talent and a calling upon our lives and anointing upon our lives, make sure that we stay very humble and meek with it. Always remember where it's coming from. I've said this and said this for a long time. The anointing can get you in trouble. <laughs> what do you mean, preacher? Well, sometime under the anointing, you're inspired with things. And you walk around like some bandy rooster, like you think you're somebody. Because you impressed somebody with what you said. And when you know good and well in you that you, God gave it to you, it wasn't some big thing you done. Paul talks about that. Paul talks about that. He said, because none of had nothing. It was given to us. It was given. God gave it to us. Now, I believe there's a responsibility of prayer. I believe there's a responsibility of study. Study to show yourself approved unto God, not man. Now, if you study to show yourself approved unto man to impress man, that's going to be your reward. That's what you're going to get. Patting on the back, lifted up by man, elevated by man, put in positions by man in the wrong kingdom. I'm not, I'm not interested in being that kingdom. That kingdom's not going to last. There's only one kingdom. That's the kingdom of God. And we've got to be elevated by, by God. Amen. He's the one. He's the one. In fact, he taught us that the last is going to be first. And the first is going to be last. <laughs> so, what else he told us? Disciples. When you go into a place, you've been invited to a banquet or something, what, what do you do? You go sit at the lowest place. Well, I could, I'm going to leave that alone. Praise God. Uh, let's, let's stay with the Ten Commandments. Let's, let's go with this. He says, I've showed mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. We don't never use the authority or the power of name to benefit just our own agendas. I want to be careful here, but, you know, sometimes, look, don't wait when you just get mad. You want to start, you know, rebuking the devil in Jesus' name. Just because you got mad about something. <laughs> you should have done been doing that before it got to that point. can't use it for your own agenda just we can't use it to just because we don't want to endure that I, I feel the devil gets a lot of credit sometimes that he doesn't he doesn't deserve God was the one that arranged that to put you there to deal with that and no it's not easy but God needed a testimony God needed a vessel of light. God needed a vessel to walk that same journey. Because there's others that he wants to redeem and reconcile and counsel and help. And he needs somebody to manifest his love. He needs somebody to manifest his light. He needs somebody to walk in his goodness and grace and mercy. But if all if he can hear from me is me rebuking that situation... Amen. In the name of Jesus, I'm trying to use that power and authority. Just get me out of it. 
because I want out of it. I could be using the name for the wrong purpose and reason. Got any scripture for that? Gethsemane. Did not Jesus want to try to go around the cross? Did not that flesh, Father, if there be any other way? So we can't use his name. You know, you, know, you can't say in Jesus' name, Bill Gates, write me a million dollar check. <laughs> you can't, but, you know, and we do it finding, but, but in, in, with, in reality or sincerity. God, if, 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 if you can handle the million dollars and, you know, and keep yourself raptured ready, then God will bless you with it. But you're far better off to live from paycheck to paycheck and stay raptured ready than have $10 million and lose your soul. And I could go down a big list right there real quick if it wouldn't be so offensive this morning. Because a lot of things that we desire and have passion for is nowhere near a million dollars. But we're better off without it. Or allowed to be associated or tied up in it. Commandments. So let's don't use the name, you know, thing. Remember the Sabbath to keep, keep it holy. Well, this is a good one. There is, there is some that uh, still believe the sixth day, the Saturdays, the Sabbath, they keep it holy. There is a problem with that. One of the biggest problems they probably got, none of them probably, they may be a few of them that lives within the vicinity of the building because watch this. Once you start making the Sabbath that, I'm going to take, take it Galatians, but let me just bump on it because if I don't, time will eat me up here. But just give us a little example of the Sabbath because the real Sabbath is what? Anybody know what the real Sabbath is? What was the Sabbath? Okay, watch this first Sabbath. He, he connects the Sabbath with what? With creation. He connects it with God after he created and worked for six days. Now, I'm going to say this. I don't mean it offensive. But the writer made the statement like, if God got tired and he had to have a rest day, God didn't get tired, ladies and gentlemen. He never grows weary. Come on, read your Bible. He never goes weak. God, God wasn't tired. The work was complete. Watch this. I believe in the creation of God. Both even Jesus Christ that was created before the foundation of the earth. Everything that man was ever going to need in six days was created. Everything. So that solves the deal. I don't have to fret. I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to do all that. That's the reason worry and anxiety and all that's not, not, not disciples of Jesus Christ. God's got our needs covered. He covered our salvation. He's going to resurrect our souls. Then, you know, if, if I need a loaf of bread, he don't have no problem. He gave us a prime example where man, a man fell out six days a week. But watch this. Now, on that sixth day, what happened? He told them, instructed them. You know why? Because God was testing their hearts. See if they would obey his word. It's all about obeying the word of God. A lot of people don't think there's a whole lot to this book right here. They don't read it. They don't study it. But they want to tell you how to live for God and how not to live for God and the things you ought to do and things you ought not to do. But they can't quote Genesis 1 and 1. They can't quote anything out of revelations or any other place but they want to try to tell you amen but you're not that's like amen you know you know everything about a motor and all this other stuff no i ain't got a clue i'm like brother ford now i'm far better off in my mechanical business amen to take it to somebody else and you know let them have it now, now watch this amen and sometimes he talked about that diagnostic machine sometimes it don't work 
I took my little old 96 Toyota truck. I took it north and they couldn't do it. I took it, amen, uh, east and they couldn't do it. I took it south and they couldn't do it. I took it to the experts. And finally, they come out to, after three trips after, change this. I said, I've done done it. Change this. I've done that too. Third time he come out, he said, the best thing we can do is just put it in the shopping. Amen. We'll just start doing it. <laughs> We'll just start taking it apart. I said, I'm not laughing. I don't have a, you know, I don't have a blank check here. I can just give you and you can write it out. I mean, come on, the truck ain't worth it so much. And it won't take y'all about a day and y'all have that much done. You know what? But I, I got a neighbor that bought that truck after putting a new motor in it, put $7,000 in it. Got a neighbor that bought that truck that worried about time. But he began to take that truck apart. He began to take that brand new motor apart and come to find out there were some things, amen, in the gas deal and all that. And I can't remember all the terms he used was the original problem. And the second problem was the guys that made the first motor, the new motor, they put the timing chain gear in backwards. That's the reason I only got 27,000 miles out of a $5,000 motor. If you put stuff in backwards according to this word, honey, you're not going to go very far. You're sure not going to get off this earth. You're not going to see him in heaven. But if you'll line up to what this book says, if you'll line up what the Holy Ghost said, honey, I tell you, the sky's not the limit. The sky's not the limit. You listen to that. The sky's all you'll ever live with. That's your bed. But the sky's going to be my meeting place, not my limit, honey. It's going to be my lodging place. It's going to be where I'm going to see him. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump that rabbit. But, uh, so that's what these commandments, and that's what this is all about. So God was testing them. He said, okay. He said, okay. So on the sixth day, now you go out the first day, and you pick up just enough for your family. And this picks up. Y'all heard it. Y'all know it, okay? But the sixth day, what do they have to do? Pick up enough for... Because on that seventh day, he told them they couldn't do what? You can't come out of your house. So if we're going to keep the Sabbath day, that means we all got to stay home. Watch this. Let's go a step further. You can only travel a certain distance on the Sabbath day too. So that means on the sixth day, I got to get a tent and I'll get close enough to the tabernacle that I can travel just that distance on the Sabbath. I ain't trying to be ugly. But you know what happened? Jesus fulfilled that. You know what Jesus, what God was looking for? It's a term called rest. Rest. What are you looking for? A place of rest. Am I right? Have we obtained that yet? We have not. Watch this. Go on a little further in your scriptures. You go on and it it calls him Jesus, but actually it was Joshua. Because he talks about the rest. The rest of what? The promised land. They was going to go into the promised land. Again, type in here, Deuteronomy, the fifth chapter. He ties in this Sabbath day with what? Being delivered out of Egypt. Brought out of bondage. What are you on? I'm on a journey. I'm headed to a place of rest. I'm looking for a city that wasn't built by man, but was built by God. 
I'm looking for a permanent rest. I'm looking for a place. I mean, there won't be no more battles. There won't be no more struggles. Won't be anything. The only real rest there is when you slip over the New Testament is the rest of the Holy Ghost. And guess what? Now, I don't have to wait once a year to go behind the veil. Neither do I have to wait on a certain high priest. I got high priests sitting on the circle of this earth that's interceded for me day in and day out. I, I got one amen that it don't matter what day of the week it is. But I can have this rest or have this, this seventh day rest. Amen. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That's the reason you go to the New Testament. You're going to see they started gathered together on the first day of the week instead of the seventh day of the week. Why? Because Jesus Christ came and fulfilled that. The rest is in the Holy Ghost. I take you to Hebrews, the fourth chapter, and it plays it out to a real pain because unless you read, he talks about the promise, amen. And if we, we have come short of attaining the promise, the promise of what? The baptism of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is what? It's not meat and drink, but it's peace and righteousness and joy in the Holy Ghost. This is the rest we're looking for. And this is the rest that's going to get us till we get to that permanent place. Hey, folks, watch this. Salvation. Paul talks about it. He said, the day of our salvation is drawing nearer. How many of you think you got salvation? Yeah, I don't blame you. I'd be a little hesitant too. Salvation means deliverance. Let me ask it this way. How many of you believe you got the fullness of salvation? I'm asking you a loaded question. I'm sorry. If you caught the first part. Paul said the day of our salvation is approaching. He hadn't experienced it yet. Now he's on the gospel. He's on the right foundation. But what's he looking for? That day of rest. You know when that day of rest is going to be? The moment. It's quinking my eye. When the rapture takes place. And we receive the fullness of that salvation. Watch this. The Bible calls the Holy Ghost what? The earnest. The down payment. That's like when you go in and buy that automobile and you give a down payment. It costs you $80,000. And you gave 10000 on it. Hey Amen. You drive out there. You got the liberty to drive it and all that. But if you don't pay them monthly notes, what happened? If you don't say, oh, beat it day in and day out and walk in the rest that you've been given the earnest, the Spirit of God. Oh, praise God, I'm in the Holy Ghost today. Hallelujah. That's how we walk. The just walks by <laughs> the just walks by faith. That's the reason we don't put all our, our little eggs. Amen. Amen. I thank God for doctors. Thank God for lawyers. Thank God for all the other help we get up on this earth. But our real faith is in Jesus Christ. Because, amen, unless he's in it, unless he blesses it, unless he's honored, it's not going to work. It may have worked for everybody else. But if God says, no, no, not for you, then it won't work. But if we put our faith and confidence in Jesus Christ, it may not have worked for anybody else. But all of a sudden, it's going to work. All of a sudden, it's going to come together. All of a sudden, either doctors and nurses and lawyers, everybody's shocked and surprised. Hey, I've never won a case like this. I've never seen nobody recover like this. I've never asked a cause as a help can come from somewhere else. Amen, because we put our trust in Jesus Christ. <laughs> so that's, that's the rest. That's, that's what he's talking about. It's not, read, read Galatians. He told them, you, you caused me to fear. Man, you're going to start keeping the moons? Here, here again. You're going to start keeping that Sabbath day. You got to start keeping the new moons. You got to start eating certain things. <laughs> Go on, read what he said. He he said Paul finally asked him. He said, "I just 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 ask you one question. How did you how did you get the Holy Ghost by the Spirit or by the law?" <laughs> and then to top that off, we're a bunch of Gentiles. Go back and read your law. That law was given to the Jews and the Jews only. And until Jesus Christ showed up on the scene, honey, we didn't have access to promises and hope 
and salvation until Jesus Christ came on the scene. Now, there were some mixed and strangers that was brought in. They had to come under the law and keep the law and come obedient. They had to start looking like them, dressing like them, eating like them, going to places they went. And then folks want to jump on us. But it's there. What's all this about? Commandments. Loving the commandments. Loving God. Just why? Protection. Why do they put a law on this highway out here? 55 miles an hour. But at certain points and places, it drops down to 45. 30. Why do they do that? So you'll wreck. So you'll get mad. They just want to frustrate you. Don't embarrass you and say you're not a good driver, that you can't handle that curve at 70. That's the way some of us live spiritually. We think we know more than God. We live like we know more than God. We're willing to take the chances. But the commandments are still the commandments. And so you know what? God gave us the commandments to protect us. To keep, that's what the Word of God is all about. And so as we go on, I got a lot to go in. It's, it's 11, but... He goes from that. He says, remember the Sabbath. He talks about the six days that works and seventh day. I'm not talking about all that, so we're going down. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Now the writer, if you read your lesson, that writer brought some things out, didn't he? He made some, he made some powerful comments about that, that, that particular commandment. And, and, and especially in the world that we're at today. Okay. And again, this is not saying something be offensive to nobody. You know, everybody else has got the ideal house except ours. That's how most everybody feels. Okay. And guess what? All them feels the same way you feel. <laughs> everybody else's house and everybody else's family and everybody else's moms and everybody else's dads. <laughs> has done a whole lot better job and. But you know what? There's some legit. There's some. It's real legit. Okay, watch this. When love to honor thy father and mother. Ephesians talks about it. He said, hey, that's, that's the first one. What did he prolong? To, to the Israelite. He prolonged their days in the promised land. In Ephesians, he prolongs our days upon the earth. And not just prolonged. I mean, I mean, we don't want our days prolonged to live, amen, crippled and maimed and halt and, and, and all kind of diseases. No. We want to be blessed if we're going to live here. We'll have health and strength and ability. And that's what's promised to us if we honor our fathers and mothers. But what if you was raised in a home that was abusive? Raised you in a home that was full of ungodliness. This principle still works. Okay? The principle of it. They may not, can, and I understand, and they're going to struggle with that. Now watch this. Because what happens, it's, it's, it's one thing to love the first four commandments. Loving this perfect God. Loving this God, a man that's, that's never done wrong. That always knows what's best. That you can't find no fault in him. But what about the second one? Loving thy neighbor as yourself. 
And that's the reason Jesus taught us that on these two commandments hangs all the rest of them. 606 of them outside the 10. 613 in all. So there'd be 611 that's left hanging off of these two commandments. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And thy neighbor as thyself. Because if you love your neighbor as yourself, it pretty well covers. It covers the one, thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not kill. Hmm? Thou shalt not bear false witness. Because if you love your neighbor as yourself, you would never do that. And so we're watching this now. It's God. God again. Now, he used six that deals with the neighbor. Four that dealt with God. Now, it's easier to love God, all said and done, than it is your neighbor. Unless you have perfect neighbors. Neighbors that never ripple the water. Neighbors that everything is perfect. But remember now, your neighbors is not the one across the road. It's the one you're working for. It's the one you do business with. It's the one that just cuts you off as you're trying to hurry up and get here because you're late. It's that one that took a little too long at the red light because they was texting. <laughs> I mean, come on, the lesson just grow and grow and grow. You know, one reason or another. And, and, and you know, and at one time, and I mentioned this last week, the land of Goshen. At one time, it wasn't a big deal for 70 people to live in the land of Goshen. Everybody could have their 40 and 80 and 100 acres. How about how many of you want your own 100 acres to live on? How many of you want, how many of you want 100 acres for your neighbor to live on? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, that wasn't funny. But God knows. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some of you are afraid to because your neighbors are sitting close by. <laughs> Hallelujah. Your neighbor's too, too close to being a neighbor. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it's the truth. Hey, if I ever had a dream or just wanted something, it'd be 10,000 acres and a camp right in the middle of it. Amen. One of those reasons that way I could turn my dogs loose. It would never get on nobody else's land. Nobody else couldn't complain about it, couldn't mumble about it. I could run whatever they wanted to run, ever how long they wanted to run it. Nobody could say a word about it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. But you know what? We got neighbors. And so we got to, got to, and so God gave us some things. To, to protect us. And so one of the best things that we can do, amen, is, is, is make sure. Uh, I, I listen to a message, amen, and life unfolds. How many of you men, some of you that's getting, uh, listen to that message. Uh, go on your phone. Brother, Brother Nathan, send them out. Those of you that send that part and listen to it in, in its entirety. And it's beautiful. It's powerful. Amen. But he talks about, amen, life, life, life unfold. And uh, things that's going to happen and how you respond and how, how you deal with it. And he used different uh, analogies, amen, from a prophet that was with him, working with him when he was a young man, when he was going through some problems and trying to force some things and make some things happen, things of this nature. And, and finally, that prophet, you know, he just kept working with him. He took him out to the light pole. He took him different places 
places, took him to the uh, trash pile. He took him different places, amen. And, and I remember one particular place, amen, he, he walked after the water was left on. He had horses, and the water had been left on and running out all over the place. And, and, and he said, you know, you just have to know the, the man of God that he was. And he, he, said, you know, he said, you know, uh, fossils left on. And he said, you know what? He said, what, what, can, what can I do about this? He said, you know, he said, if I find out who left, he said, I got a pretty good idea who left that water on. He said, if I find her, he said, boy, it could be a bad day for them. He said, and you know, he said, it'd be a bad day for me too when it's all said and done. He said, or I can just go over and cut the water off and go on about my day. Can I tell us something? There's way too much people exploding, throwing tempers, Getting out of hand. Make mountains out of anthills. Making big deals out of stuff. It's like, really? You know what the real problem is? Those first two commandments. Because you've got to love that first one. To have any chance at all at that second one. And when you start having troubles with that first one. You're going to have a lot of troubles with that second one. Because the only true love to love that way comes through the Holy Ghost that shed abroad in our hearts as God lets it flow. Because we can't do it on our own. Because we're built and designed and lost that in the garden. This old flesh would much rather envy. This old flesh would much rather get revenge. This flesh would much rather a man to take this situation in our own hands and handle it and get the glory out of seeing them hurt. I'm going to go a step further. This old flesh would much rather get the glory out of I'm fixing to give them a piece of my mind. That's what's wrong with some people. They done gave way too much away. <laughs> Hallelujah. They done give it all away. They ain't got enough to be. <laughs> well, anyway. Praise God. I'm just trying to help us. Just trying to help us. Commandments. Hey, this lesson's powerful, folks. If you go back and study it, look into it, dig into it. So, how's all this work? Works by faith. Works by faith. And so the writer talks about that. And I know, you know, I've covered a lot and things of that nature. But let me, okay, the relationship between faith and the Ten Commandments. Writer talks about, we know that the, actually the term, man, the just shall live by faith comes out of Habakkuk 2 and 4. It's an Old Testament term, but it's mentioned a number of times in the New Testament. Faith, faith. Uh, could it be that, uh, and, and the reason, uh, the nerve, our nerves in our, the world that we're living is so out of, out of proportion today is because of the lack of faith. Lack of faith. Uh, faith. I believe everybody here and here believes that, you know what? God's going to sustain us. God is the one that keeps us. God is the one that blesses us. God, God performs and does things that it's beyond us and our abilities. And he also helps us, helps us deal with issues and helps us deal with the life, the pitfalls of life. You can't, you can't control what others do and you can't even control at least to a certain point of, of what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. 
But you can always control to how you're going to respond. And you can always control what's going to be the outcome of you because of that. Uh, we're living in a world today that because the family has been under attack and you know, for a long time, in fact, the devil's doing everything he can to destroy what we call a family. You know, the, the husband, the wife, the children. And then right on, you know, at one time, our country was founded upon families. In fact, they would build homes big enough a lot of times. They would be what we would call today two or three families living in one home. And seemed to do pretty well. But today, I've heard this, and I've heard this a number of times. That can't happen today. Two families can't live in the same home. Man, I'm, I hit something there, didn't I? <laughs> and I've heard people say, well, I can't go down to that church because of so-and-so. What heaven are you going to? How many heavens have you read about? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You can't, let your, you can't let yourself get there. That's the same way with moms and dads. Because we're living in a world today that there's people out there that's committing crimes. And here's what they want to say. This is how mama raised me. and This is how daddy. I know it has this effect. But when you allow that effect to cause you to do wrong. Let me ask. Anybody ever heard this statement? Two wrongs. Huh? Never make a right. But if we're not careful, watch this. Well, so-and-so done this, so I had a right to do it. Did you? I mean, does that qualify you or me or whoever to step around the Word of God, the commandments of God, the love of God? Here, here's the deal. Watch that. When you start putting things back into perspective. Living for God. Watch this. Living for God. Huh. Just as much as the little foxes destroy the vine. Watch this. If you can isolate some things, it may not ever have much of an effect if you can isolate it. Watch this. We can have, and I know five is the highest number they got, but we could have a number 10 hurricane. But as long as it stays out in those waters, especially in those waters where there's no, nothing, you know, in that water that's, Guess what I've done this week? Back up what I, I talked about, about the storms and the depthness of sea. That individual came in the store that told the story. I'll tell you, it's Brother Ronnie Parker. I said, Brother Ronnie, he said, I said, hey, I want to ask you something. I said, I got to back up something that I felt. <laughs> I said, it came from you. So I, I want to. He said, yeah, man. He said, I can tell you a live story. He was, he was in, in the Navy, if you know, and he was in submarines. And he said, I was 18 years old. He said, and I don't know why. He said, but the youngest guy and the newest guy in the submarine gets to drive the submarine. He said, and we was off of Florida. And he named the storm, but I can't remember it right now. But anyway, he said, we was just so far. Actually, he said, we come up to get a satellite. He said, and when we did, we come up into a hurricane. He said, and I'm talking about, he said, was well, that thing right? He said, I'm talking about from He's talking about, I'm talking about a 300-foot submarine, Sonny. He said it threw the captain out of his bunk. 
Said, I heard him hit the, said his bunk now is just right next door. So in just a matter of seconds, he can be, you know, where, where they're at. And he said, I heard him hit. Blue. He said, you know, I, I'm doing the best I can. He said, I got another guy, the main guy sitting. He said, that came coming. So what in the world is going on? He said, I told him, said, man, Captain would come up into a hurricane. He said, I said, he stood up and he said, go down. He said, all right. So we dropped down about 200 foot. Said he was still. <laughs> said the captain come back. He said, I said to go down. <laughs> he said, so we dropped to 400 foot. He said, and when we got there, he said, you could every once in a while just feel a little. God cast our sins in the depths of the sea. If a submarine can get far enough below a hurricane that it won't rock a 300 foot. Now watch this. The depths of the sea. Brother Ryan, he knew this. I said, the depths of the sea. He called it Miriam something. It's seven miles deep. There ain't a storm that the devil can send that can stir up your old sins. If your sins and aggravation and bad spirit cause you allowed it, not God. Not a storm either. Don't blame a storm because they don't have the power or the ability to do it. It's up to you and I of the response that we're going to have. Amen. It's up to you and I what we're going to allow surface and flow out of our mouths and out of our lives. But if we'll keep the commandments and walk therein, I tell you, it'll protect us from a lot of junk. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Every time, every time, every time, obedience is better than sacrifice. I'd much rather overdo it than come up shy. <laughs> Lackest thou one thing. Here, here as, as, we, as we're on this journey, living for God, being vessels of God on the sea of life. And folks, we got to deal with it. We got the devil to deal with. We got the world to deal with. We got the spirit of iniquity. Now, one of the others shaping us. That's 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 plain the Bible. Or we can submit ourselves to the Holy Ghost and to the voice of God. And and Brother Ford didn't mention this a certain degree. Man, he said, My people will know my voice. I mean, you remember, and I know it's an old story, and I've told it a number of times, but I, I just feel to tell it right here. Old, old Vernon McGee, the man on the radio, talked about an event that he went to across some waters. It wasn't Israel. He said he got to, he got to witness, man, about sheep and, and, and herders. And they would bring them in, and you'd have one porter, a man, that watched them overnight. And so there would be a, a multitude of flocks that would be in this corral. And each shepherd that would walk up, they didn't go in the corral. They didn't send dogs into that corral. They would walk up to the door, to the exit of that corral, and they'd make that certain call. And their sheep, and their sheep only, would start lifting their heads and making their way. And so that old shepherd would just turn and walk off. Leading them. And them sheep would just follow right in there. Now the rest of them, So this guy told that shepherd one day, he said, man, I can do it. So he watched him a day or two, and he even took that shepherd's garment put on. 
He practiced that call time after time. Stepped up to that old that, that exit gate. Man, he made that call, made that call. And said finally one old sheep stuck its head up and looked. Then it went back to eating. Say so that, 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 that guy's gotten just frustrated. I don't understand this. I, I don't know why. The old shepherd walked up there and said, hey, they know the shepherd's voice. When you fall in love with God and the author of this book, and you fall in love with this, and when God brings you out of Egypt and he brings you out of bondage, and when God supplies your needs, and he's, hey, you're going to know that voice. You're going to know. You're going to know when it's a God when it's not. Now watch this. The Hebrew writer helps us out. Such great salvation has been, unless we've let it slip. Negligence on our part. It's because we didn't fall in love. It's all about faith. There's so much, I'm telling you, that could be taught on this lesson today. What got Israel in trouble? What caused them to die in the wilderness on that journey? An evil heart of unbelief. You might say within yourself, well, it won't affect us. We're going to go here and we're going to do that anyway. When the voice of the shepherd said, I wouldn't do that. Nobody never gets by. It may be a week. It may be six months. It may be ten years down the road. But it'll make its way back. Why? Obedience. God gave us commandments to protect us. Not to rule over us like some, some dictator. But he loves us. He cares about us. He knows our ending from the beginning. He knows our destination. He knows where he wants to lead and guide us. That's what these Ten Commandments are all about. That's the reason he says all the rest of them. Now watch this. Now watch this. If you think laws, and I don't have the time, Lord, I'd love to. Faith, faith, law. If we could have been saved by the law, we wouldn't have needed grace and Jesus Christ, okay? But we know by the weakness of flesh. Sam, if you get ready, she needs to go. That'll be fine. She ain't going to bother a thing. You watch this, though. As, as, as you listen to what I'm fixing to tell you. And this has hit me now. What's one of the biggest battles we have right here in this nation right now? Especially when you include children and school. Gun control. And you know what I find a little odd? We got the voices of the extreme to the left and the extreme of the right. Now watch this. If passing laws keep guns out of our school, and hear me out now, hear me out. Let me ask you, have we passed laws against drugs? Has it kept drugs out of the school? Have we passed laws that uh, mishandling of individuals, can I put it that way, at school? And you know what I'm talking about without me saying it, okay? Uh, we pass laws and there, there's, there's consequences, but has it stopped it? Okay, now, that's kind of working from the left, okay? Now let me work from the right. But we have passed some laws that if you caught bringing drugs and involved in drugs, even if you're selling, not at the school, but in a close proximity of it, that the penalty could be either double or triple. And so that's kept 
to a certain degree. What are you trying to say? Paul said the law was a schoolmaster. Without the law, I'd have never known not to covet. But the law alone, as the law is on this land, on this highway out here, it won't force your automobile to drive a proper safe speed. The choice is up to you. The law is what brings it to our understanding. The commandments and how we ought to live and conduct ourselves. And it's the Holy Ghost that works on our behalf that gives us the will, the power, and the ability. Amen. By the grace of God to come out of darkness, to come out of sin, come out of the powers of it. Amen. And so we need a good balance. They saw both say what they want to. Have an idea that we don't need no laws against guns. I'm going to tell you something. There's some guns that the public don't need. I might say what they want to. We don't need, because if, if I'm not mistaken, the military's got somebody that can shoot through the, all these walls. There is no citizen, a man in America that needs a gun that's got the power and the ability to shoot through all these walls. Now they can like it or lump it. Not, I'm just telling you. But neither do I believe taking all the guns, amen, that you're going to stop people from getting shot. No, the lawless. The law is for the lawless. When has ever the law stopped the lawless? You can put some fear and you'll stop some of them, but you're not going to stop all of them. No more than you stop the guy from speeding. No more than you stop the guy from not drinking and, to, and, to, and taking drugs and driving. No more than you stop all the drugs out of school. I tell you, God is such a common sense. God, it blows a lot of people's mind. All it takes is good common sense to live for God. That's all it takes. Some things I'm not going to associate, I'm not going to get tied up, and I'm not going to let my children get tied up in it because there's a pig on me. But I'm not going to be such balance. Balance. And that's really all that God was doing. Because he knew. Watch this. That's reading the first one. He said, man, man created my image. He has the power and the ability with his hands to reason, to shape and mold things. What did did Aaron allow happen when Moses up getting the law? Now, Aaron made the statement, they just throwed the gold in a pot and it came up a calf. But if you read a little further, you're going to see Aaron fashioned it with a tool. If we're not careful, the tools that God's blessed us with, the talents and skills and ability, man, works the same way. I know my time's up. Let's stand. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. What a beautiful, a beautiful presence and power of God that's been with us today. Moving and working and operating among us. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God's a mighty God. And, and I'd love to get into a lot more of this, of the rest and, and, and things of that nature. But I know we can only stand so much here this morning. Take to heart. Man, go back and read the lesson. I, I, didn't, I didn't cover all of it. Go back and read that lesson. Hey, it's to your benefit. And please don't listen to that. I don't have time. Yeah, you got time. We got the same amount of time that Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. We got the same amount of time of Jesus Christ. We got the same amount of time of Paul, Peter, and John. We got it. It's just how we choose to use it. Let's use it for the kingdom. Let's use it for the for the greatest benefit there is, and that's living for Jesus Christ. Servants of God, kingdom minded, heavenly minded. 
Amen. Love you tonight, this morning. Appreciate you so much. Brother Ferguson will be preaching for us tonight. Uh, looking forward to that. A great move of God here. Love you. Appreciate you. 5.30 prayer time, 6 o'clock service time. I'm just going to let you be dismissed in the fear of the Lord. God bless you.